1: Welcome everyone. We're going to have a great show today, which is September 29th, 2021. I'm so excited to have Kathy Grover back on our show. She's been a guest, I think, multiple times actually over the years. And our show's going on seven, eight years now. Hard to believe, isn't it, Kathy? <laughs>
2: it really is. Yeah, I just went. I just mouthed "Wow" to myself. That's incredible. Good for you. Yes. <laughs>
1: And um, we're going to be talking today about how to conquer stress because that appears to be what a lot of people are dealing with these days and I can't think of anybody better to inform us on you know, various methods and on how to deal with it. Kathy, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you've been doing lately and your background, etc.?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, of all things, I started out as an actor, which, believe me, had its its own share of stress. Um, uh, but I always had this very weird sort of parallel path of acting and healing. So I very accidentally apprenticed with a woman in college when I was a theater major. I grew up in Pittsburgh, and we were doing a summer summer production, children's theater, and this massage therapist showed up, and she worked on all the actors for free, never asked for anything. And I didn't have much to do during this show, and so I kind of sat there and just watched what she was doing, and I'd fetch her some tea or I'd go get the next student on the list. And one day she turned to me and said, hey, I've got to get back to work. I've got four more people on the list. I'm not going to have time. Can you take those mats, go in the other room and work on John? And I looked at her and I said, no, <laughs> oh I, 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 said, I have no idea what I'm doing. And she looked at me and she goes, yes, you do. And I had the sense to listen to her. And so I took the mats, and I put them on the floor, and I started working on this guy, and I was really good at it, and <laughs> I liked it. And so you know, I apprenticed with her for about three years, and then when I moved to California wow. to, to pursue the acting career, um, I thought, you know, what a great sideline to all the movie roles I'll be doing. And the movie roles didn't come, but the massage stuck. <laughs> and so that was sort of launched me into the health and alternative medicine realm, Um, My mom died when I was young. She died when I was 18. She had pretty severe cancer. And so I think that played into it too. You know, watching her go through the chemo and the radiation and the surgeries, watching my dad be such an incredible caregiver to her, really helped teach me compassion and patience when dealing with my clients and things like that. And so I just kept learning. Um, I have my master's and PhD in natural health. I've studied mind-body medicine four or five times at Harvard. Um, I'm an ACC certified life coach now. That's probably new since I talked to you last. Uh, I still do a little bit of hip-hop. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm a Reiki master. Um, I just finished my eighth book, which is crazy. Um, And I'm co-hosting a podcast. I think we're almost into our third year of hosting the podcast. So, yeah, it's going fast. I can't believe it. So, yeah, so much. What's the podcast? Uh, The podcast is called The Fire and Earth Podcast. It's a colleague and myself, Jason, and I. uh, And we have a blast. We just do little half-hour episodes and they're fun and informative, and we really want to help people just unleash their limitless potential. So we have some shows just us and some with really fun guests. Oh, that's great. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. It's been good Keeping stuff. Giving back. Good stuff. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, and all this is, is. you know, And I was like, I'm a lifetime learner, and my boyfriend so many times has said, oh, my God, are you ever going to stop? And I said, no, because like the more I know, the more I can help people. The more things I mm-hmm. learn, the more I can pass that on to people that might not have – Access to that learning. So to me, it's like I just I I just want to keep learning, and that way I can keep sharing. So with your um, latest endeavor,
1: um, how do you apply that to your work?
2: Which which latest endeavor? The coaching. Um, the or certification. The, oh yeah yeah yeah. So the 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 coach. So yeah. I spent a long time getting ACC certified. It was it was a process. It was actually probably some of the hardest work I've done. Uh, and then it culminated a no big ex- exam, which was really kind of terrifying. Um, they give you like two and a half hours. It's got, you know, hundreds of questions, and you have to get 70% or above right. I think I got 87%, so I was really excited about that. But, yeah, so I've been doing one-on-one personal coaching. And I was sort of doing that before. I mean, that's a huge part of hypnosis, actually, is, you know, there's about – Thirty-five minutes of talking before you ever put somebody in a hypnotic state. Uh, at least the mm-hmm. way I and most hypnotherapists do it. And so I found that I was starting to like the talking more than the hypnosis part. <laughs> and I've always been really good at that. You know, <laughs> when I was like twelve, adults would sit me down and talk about their marriage, and I'm like, I, I don't think I'm qualified to to have this conversation with you. I'm a child. Uh, so just, you know, people, I just have, I can ask the right question and and you know dance in the moment and have that curiosity to help lead people to a good goal and a conclusion and keep them, keep them honest, keep the you know, call people on their BS and keep them accountable for what they say they want. And so, yeah, I've been really pushing that. I'm, I'm not doing as much massage. I'm really focused on the coaching, which, you know, I can do around the world, which was a good thing because during COVID, yeah, I was not massaging anybody. Um, so I really launched the coaching career at that point, And it's been, I love helping people with that. It's, it's right now, it's just, it's what's jazzing me. So were you doing it on Zoom? I was doing it on Zoom, yeah. I had a couple of people Mm -hmm. still locally here who would come in. We'd sit across the room from each other in masks and sort of yell across to each other, (laughs) (laughs) how are you feeling today? And they'd lower the mask and tell me. But it gave me an opportunity to sort of sit in that stillness when I wasn't practicing massage and say, what do I really want? And I finished up my training with um, with CTI, the Coactive Training Institute, and then I started working on my ACC certification. I did all of that during COVID in that oh that couple months where I couldn't do much else. So, yeah, I finished my last book and, and got certified. So it was, it was, it was what's, a practice uh, time what's your latest, What's your latest book? Yeah, so the latest book is called Say What? How to Communicate Anything to Anyone – and it's based on a, a workshop that I do by the same name. And, you know, I have books that correspond with my stress talks. And there's been so many times where I did the communication workshop and people came up to me afterwards and said, where's the book that goes with, with this one? And I thought, oh, crap, I guess I have to write another oh, book. okay. So, yeah, so it's all my communication tips. And then I touch on ego state work, which is one of the other things I'm really excited about right now. So, yeah, i got a lot going on. All right. So what's, what is ego state work? So ego state, so, you know, you have those moments where, like, maybe you volunteer for the PTA, and then you get home and go, ugh, I didn't want to do that. Or you're like, you say, you know, part of me really wants to do this, and part of me wants to do that. Or you're up in the middle of the night, chatter, 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 and you're like, please be quiet, I have to go to bed. (laughs) We have these different Uh parts inside of ourselves. Um, These are are not psychological constructs. These are actually hardwired into our brain. So with the ego state work, also called parts work or internal family systems for any of the psychology people who are listening, um, it's really a matter of identifying those different aspects of ourselves, getting them to a healthy state, how to call on which parts we need when, how to stay in self, which is that that neutral place where we're courageous and calm and connected and curious, that place where we're not really, we're not blended with a part of ourselves, we're just in that neutral, compassionate state. Um, so that's a lot of the work that I do with the coaching is help people identify those states, get to that place of self, which can come from meditation or mindfulness or, you know, a lot of the stress reduction techniques we're going to talk about today, put us in a place of self where we can make better decisions and be responsive, not reactive. So that's that's what I've been doing a lot of work on. And I think I'll probably at some point write another book on that. There's so many great ones out there. There's not, I don't think, space in the market yet, but um, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where I put it. <laughs>
1: I don't know how you get all this stuff done. You must be doing something every minute of the day.
2: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I get all this done, and I play more i mean i'm it's not new anymore. I've been with my boyfriend now for two years, and we play so much. I am not working twenty four seven anymore and I feel like I'm getting more done, so he's, he's hmm. a yeah, yeah,
1: oh, okay, well, that sounds great. Play yeah. is fun,
2: yeah, yeah. we gotta play more.
1: So let's talk about the um, conquering stress. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So stress is through the roof right now Um, for -hmm. numerous reasons. I think even before COVID, I saw all the stress rising. I think social media, what was happening politically was causing huge amounts of stress. You know, you could turn on the TV or get on social media and there was some sort of conflict happening, some sort of manipulation happening, some sort of mistruth happening on both sides. You know, it was really starting to get stressful for people to try to figure out how to navigate all that and stay true to their ethics and their mindset and things like that. So I think, I think all of this really kicked off pre-COVID. And then let's throw in a global pandemic, right, where we don't know. We've never been through anything like this. We don't know when it's going to end. We don't know what it's going to do to us. We don't know how to stop it. You know, I'm, I'm talking like last year at this time, before we had vaccines, sure. et cetera. Um, People were isolated, the things that we used to do to de-stress, you know, couldn't go to the gym, couldn't go wine tasting, couldn't go play with your friends, couldn't, you know, those things that we used to release stress, we couldn't do. So it was a confluence of issues, uh, and I saw the stress go through the roof, a lot of loneliness, a lot of, you know, increase in abuse, addiction, alcoholism, you know, all these things that we were Mm -hmm. really starting to get a handle on. Um, so I think it's it's just a little out of control right now. I think we're starting to come out of it. I think people are finding ways now to handle the stress, but it's going to be it's going to be around for a while. I mean, it's never going to go away. <laughs> you know, it's like stress is we're always going to have stress. It's just a matter of how we handle it, how we manage it, and how our mm-hmm. response to it. So I think that's that's the thing to remember. It's really about how we respond to it. And how do we respond to it? Typically, not very well. <laughs> uh, to be honest, what, um, what do we, you know, we do to? Reduce it or live yeah. with it or whatever. Yeah, well, it's one, I mean, it's it's basically the serenity prayer, you know. It's like, give me the, the the last line of that of, you know, give me the wisdom to know the difference. What are these things that we can and can't control? You know, we have this stress response, this very specific physiological response, fight or flight, which was meant for a physiological threat. If you're walking down the street and a car jumps the curb and comes at you, yes, please run. I mean, we want to have that stress response. But now, that's not what we're we're responding to. We're responding to, you know, the boss says, I want to see you first thing Monday morning, and suddenly you're ruminating about that all weekend, and you go into this physiological fight or flight for something that actually isn't a physical threat. And that's really detrimental to us. That's not what it was for. Um, Or, you know, someone cuts you off on the freeway, you have your moment of profanity and hand gestures, And then if you let it go, that's fine. The problem is we tend to ruminate on that. You know, 20 minutes later we arrive to work and we still complain about the guy that cut us off. It perpetuates Mm -hmm. these stress hormones in our body. Very bad for us. Um, You know, bad for our immune system, for our digestion, for our sexual health, for our sleep, for our memory. We take more dangerous risks when we're stressed. We lose the ability to take responsibility when we've done things wrong when we're stressed. Communication and listening goes out the window. Leadership suffers, relationships suffer. So how can we get a handle on these responses? I think it's the, the first thing is just to take a pause. Just take that beat and say, what do I want to do? What can I do? Can I control what's going on? No. Okay, well, then how would I like to respond to that? <clears throat> and that comes from just, you know, whether it's just taking a breath, <laughs> you know, just, just yeah. pausing and taking that deep breath. Like our grandparents or our teachers told us, you know, take a breath and count to ten. That, that's a thing. That actually works to bring us back to the present moment, to tell our brain that we're okay, because when we get into fight or flight, the breath is one of the first things that changes. So if we calm our breathing down and just focus on that for just a couple seconds, it can actually completely stop that fight or flight response, which is awesome because we don't want that unless we're truly in physical danger. You know, there are times I don't want to com- yeah. we don't want to completely eliminate it because there are times we need it, but not as often as we're experiencing it.
1: How about for those who are experiencing um, anxiety
2: as a result of of the stress in their lives? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, that's a great that's a great question. And you have to ask, what kind of anxiety is this? Like a chronic um, anxiety where there's medication needed to be involved? Because there are there are times where it's just it's a chemical thing. You know, your brain is doing something that needs to have some kind of chemical help. And then there's mm-hmm. that anxiety of I have a test tomorrow and you have that, you know, the butterflies in the stomach and the kind of the lump in the throat kind of thing. That type of anxiety, which is the sister of the stress, um, can also be helped with these same techniques. You know, it is a matter of figuring out how to get out of your head and calm those thoughts down because it's those what ifs that lead us to that state, right? So what if I fail? What if COVID never goes away? What if I get audited again? What if he leaves? What if she stays? What if my mother-in-law moves in? You know, and all of that is that future projection. If we can find ways to stay present, so much of that can start to fade away. Now, that's easier said than done, right? We're, we're going to, we tend yeah. to ruminate, we're ruminating uh, creatures, Um so, you know, what technique works for you? Is it meditation? Is it breath work? Is it mindfulness, visualization, affirmations, yoga, tai chi, qigong? You know, there's so many options. It's just a matter of customizing that, figuring out what is going to work for you best to help you manage those symptoms that you're dealing with. I've kind of noticed that in the media particularly. Mm-hmm. the
1: um, You know, they really push the fear factor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, it's um, you know, it's got you know. I, I talk to people every day, and it's oh, I heard this, oh, I heard that, uh-huh. you know, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, those this sort of thing. Um, and of course, they do that so that you'll tune back in again. You know, it's, I think sure. it's a form of control. Um,
2: yep. So, how do you move people out of that? Whew, that's that's a tough one. And I have clients who have very different beliefs about COVID than I do, Um, and they're very vehement vehement in their um, language, (laughs) and they're very Mm -hmm. um, quick to to yell and scream about things and get very reactive. That is a tough pattern to break. That is a really hard pattern to break. And if it's ingrained in you that you watch your certain show, whatever it is, on either side, and you want to 100% believe what that newscaster, radio personality, podcaster says... It's hard to convince you otherwise. Um, I yeah. think everyone should turn off the news. I mean, just just turn it off. Don't look. I can't do it anymore. Um, I was finding myself getting so anxious and so angry. I was like snapping at people, and I realized why I am not an angry person. Why am I behaving like this? Oh, because I'm watching the news every night. Turn it off. Mm. Even yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's 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 can be so toxic, and especially to watch the same you know, five thoughts over and over and over again. I remember being at a friend's house, we were visiting his parents and they had, I think it was Fox News, but regardless of what it was, it was during one of the hurricanes and Fox News was covering the hurricane. And every like 10 minutes, they showed the exact same footage of the exact same wave of the exact same reporter saying the exact same thing. And they had this on Denise for like eight hours. And it was just Mm -hmm. this brainwashed, repetitive, and I finally yes. said, "Look, nothing. It's the same wave. Can we turn this off?" And they just—that mm-hmm. was their background noise. They just—they had it on all day, no matter what the news story mm-hmm. was. And mm-hmm. they were very stressed and they were very fearful. And uh, and again, it still yeah. wasn't a reflection on Fox News. It was just that's the show they happen to have on to watch the hurricane coverage. Yeah. No, no. Just, I've run across
1: people that that do that, that absolutely yeah. do that. And what's so sad about it is is that the the brainwashing and the negativity that encapsulates their entire being yep you can hardly be around be around them because
2: Mm -hmm. you know the world is falling
1: and everybody is bad and
2: oh my gosh well and it pits us us versus it's us against them you know and us against them is fine if you're playing dodgeball Um, it's not fine when we're one human race on this planet, you know. And, and in defense of our brain, our part of the job of our brain is to look out for danger. It is to keep us aware of what could be a threat. So our brain is constantly scanning the environment of what could be wrong, what could go wrong, what is wrong. We respond to negatively valence language quicker than positively valenced language. So if you're right. crossing the street and I scream no, you're going to react to that quicker than me saying nice shoes. It's just how our brain mm-hmm. works. Um, now, some people are just programmed to find negativity in everything. I think a lot yeah. of that is environmental. Um, you know, my grandmother was like that. If you were two minutes late for dinner, she had you dead in a ditch. <laughs> you know, didn't mm-hmm. didn't consider traffic or maybe you were stuck on the phone. You know, she had you were dead on the side of the road somewhere. That was just how her brain <laughs> worked. Um, uh huh. And no one, ever, I did 23andMe research. No one in my family ever died in a ditch, so I don't know where she got that. But that was just, you know, <laughs> we, we all know that person where, you know, they're dwelling on stuff from the past. They're still complaining about the bad flight from 10 years ago or the, you know, the jerk on the freeway or whatever it is. Or they're projecting into this negative future. And that's, again, where the presence comes in. If we can stay in this present moment, there is zero stress here. Stress is someplace else. Past or future. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's again, whether it's the breath work or a meditation, and you know, if you want, I'll teach you all the mini meditation, which I think you and I have talked about before. But it's my favorite technique to keep people present. It's so simple to do. Um, or affirmations. You know, if you find yourself negative towards, let's say, finances, of, you know, I'm broke. I can't afford that. I don't have enough. Um, that's what your brain's going to take you to. So changing that to something like, you know, I am prosperous and abundant. Money flows easily to me. I accept money from unexpected sources. Starting to shift your thinking starts to change the wiring of your brain because the more negative thoughts you think, it's going to lead to more and more negative thoughts. If you start mm-hmm. to shift those to positive thoughts, you're going to find your brain starts to – you're going to be happier. You're going to be less stressed. Um, you know, It's called neuroplasticity. We can actually change the wiring of our brain. And that's a huge like, superpower that I don't think we take advantage of enough. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't think about it. You know, we're not taught to do that. Um, you know, you know yeah. movies like The Secret or What the Bleep Do We Know or books like Think and Grow Rich. You know, this is not a new concept. This stuff's been around for a while. And it was, you know, relegated yeah. to, you know, ashrams and people who smelled of patchouli and wore crystals. They were the crazy ones. You know, my visualization, ah, that's weird. And now we're seeing so much more of that. You know sports figures you know you look at the football players, and, and there's one particular team I can't stand them rhymes with atriots, Um, they actually have somebody on <laughs> they, they actually have somebody on staff that does like visualization and um you know affirmation work and hypnosis and stuff with them, which is one of the reasons they're so good. you know they're not just training their bodies, they're training their minds and their brains to make sure they're performing their best oh, you know, oh, that's they're, interesting. They're, Yes, yeah, studies are starting to back this up. It's really remarkable stuff. Hmm. So why
1: don't you give this one of your little mini meditations?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So this is my favorite. Um, so if you're in a safe place to do so, please don't do this if you're driving right now. Um, if you're in a safe place to do so, <laughs> that causes a whole other whole set of problems. We don't need that at all. Um, go ahead and close your eyes. Mm-hmm. And I'd like you to just concentrate on your breathing and you're not trying to slow it down or speed it up, you're just noticing what it's doing. Noticing where that inhale starts and stops and there's this brief little pause. And then where the exhale starts and stops and there's another brief little pause at the bottom of the breath. And on the next inhale, think, I am. On all of your inhales, think, I am. And on your next exhale, think, at peace. And on all of your exhales, think, at peace. Inhale, I am. Exhale, at peace. And if other thoughts intrude, that's okay. Just dismiss them without judgment. Just acknowledge that you're thinking, and let them float away. Don't need to glom onto those right now. Inhale, I am. Exhale, at peace. And you can let your shoulders relax. They can drop. Unclench your hands. You can let your belly relax because no one's looking. inhale I am exhale at peace and go ahead do one more inhale I am exhale at peace and open your eyes and come back to the room that's a nice Ah. one Yeah. And it's so simple, and you can do it anywhere. I mean, that was barely like a minute and a half that we just did that. You know, Mm -hmm. I do that multiple times a day, whether it's, you know, in between clients, or as I'm just starting to work with a client, or when I'm in the car driving, again, don't close your eyes. You know, it's just the perfect (laughs) little, it's the perfect little break. And for people who are not comfortable, or just feel like they can't do, excuse me, formal seated meditation, and that is very difficult. (laughs) Um, This is a great Sort of gateway drug, you know. I was terrible at meditation. I had all these misconceptions misconcep- about it. Every time I tried it, it was awful. I either went through my to-do list, or you know, I get distracted, and and you know, next thing you know, I had a 20-minute fantasy going through my head, and really, oh, that felt great. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not meditation. You know, I have myself driving up the coast in a beamer, and it's like, what, what, what where'd I go? You know, um, our brain every three to five seconds has to interrupt us with something so vastly important to say, even if we don't have anything vastly important to do, it'll just make stuff <laughs> up. Um, that's what our brain does. You know, It gives us these amazing ideas yeah. and creativity and, and technology, but it won't shut up. Um, so this is nice because there's not the pressure of having to sit still. You can walk and do this. You know, um, And because you're thinking, I am at peace, it's hard for other thoughts to intrude with that. If you're thinking one thing, you can't think two things at once. So If thoughts do pop in, which they're going to, um, just let them go. Just like, oh, I'm thinking, okay, and let it pass. You know, you don't stand at the baggage return at the airport and grab every single bag as it goes by. You wait Mm -hmm. and you watch them all go until you find the one you need, and then you take that one. And I think that's the big key to meditation is it's not so much blanking out your brain, which, my God, that's so hard, Um, but it's a matter of going, oh, I'm thinking, okay, up there it goes. oh, oh, thinking again, oh, there it goes, oh, i got a funny itch on my leg, oh, okay, there it goes, you know, it's just noticing and letting it go, and if you can catch it as soon as it's on its way, as opposed to the 20-minute fantasy about the Beamer, um, then then you're doing good, then you're you're doing it well.
1: Oh, I like that. I like that a lot.
2: Yeah, good. We put so much pressure on ourselves to do this thing the certain way and make it right, I don't think Mm -hmm. there is a right way to meditate, you know. And I've I've taught this in huge groups where somebody comes up to me afterwards and goes, "Well, I'm a formal meditator, and that's not really meditation." And I go, "Okay, cool. It doesn't, you know, you already have a practice. You don't need this one." Um, For somebody Mm -hmm. like myself, who's very Type A with a mind that goes a mile a minute, um, I needed this, you know, and it it led me to being able to sit and do formal seated meditation. Where I've done silent retreats with monks where I sat for two hours at at a stretch. Meditating and floating away into a million bubbles, which was amazing. It took me a long time to get there, and it's hard now to get it back because I'm sort of out of practice. So, remembering that it's a practice and to be gentle with yourself. You know, if you spend five minutes beating yourself up because you don't think you're doing it right, then maybe stop meditating right this moment and try it again later. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh,
1: it's very true. To get the mind to be quiet for any period of time is very difficult. Hmm. I don't know why that is.
2: This well. I mean, if you go with the Eckhart Tolle aspect of this, who, I love him. He's I got to study with him two years ago. I don't know. Time is so weird with COVID. I don't. <laughs> I got I to so, uh, three years ago. I got to study with Eckhart Tolle. Mm-hmm. Um. He, amazing. It was so amazing to be in person with him. It was so powerful. But he talks about um, you know the 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 pain body. Uh, that's how sort of how he describes that that negative ego, that it identifies itself. It only has existence through our thoughts and through these things that are, quote, wrong. And so to have an identity, our brain thinks it has to think. (laughs) Um, And when Hmm. we stop thinking and when we're just being, that, ego part of ourselves goes oh wait 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 I don't exist right now where did I go oh I'm going to make your leg itch so that you know I'm here or oh I'm going to send that thought in or I'm going to make you pay attention to that car alarm or oh I'm going to say something in your head to make you hear me again it's a very simplistic way of, of talking about it but you know that's that's how we identify is through these thoughts so to try to shut them out you know, it's like trying to get a, a kid to stop saying mommy 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 in the store <laughs> you know, it's like you have to uh-huh. want your attention so bad um, that's what the brain is doing. It's, it's an it's an unruly child. <laughs> <laughs> and we only use what portion of the brain? I don't know. That's a great question. Is it like three percent or something like? that? Is it even that much? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, imagine if we got the other ninety something percent involved. It would be amazing. Yeah.
1: Maybe it's five. I, maybe I think it's five percent.
2: Is it five? Okay. Well, 3% of my five just shattered on.
1: But now we're talking about the conscious mind and the non-conscious mind. Right,
2: right, right, which is where, you know, I mean, to throw hypnosis in, hypnosis helps get to that subconscious and make changes there. So if you're dealing Mm -hmm. with stress, if you're dealing with anxiety, you can help, you know, through hypnosis, help rewire the brain um, and go in and, you know, kind of do meditation in hypnosis to get yourself primed for being able to do that out of the state of hypnosis. You know, there's great visualizations. You can't have hypnosis without visualizing. And I don't mean necessarily having to see something, because there's a segment of the population that closes their eyes and you say, picture a cat, and they don't see anything. That's totally okay. You don't have to see it to get it. Um, You know, you can conceptualize a cat. You don't have to go Google it every time you want to think about what a cat is. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you're listening and you're one of those people that can't see images in your head, totally okay, you can still visualize
1: I didn't know that there were people that could see things in that
2: way. Yep. I can't is it because they've
1: never They're, seen a cat? Did they have they ever seen a cat, or
2: oh no, they just they don't no know what it is? Oh, so, sure. They they, they don't do, get a picture. I, nope, they don't see anything. So if I say close your eyes and picture a dog, you can pull up a picture of a dog in your head, right? I mean, you know. Right. 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 There are some people that can't do that. They can pull. They'll try to pull up a picture and just they don't see anything. There's a name what for i Population uh, does that
1: because I've never heard I of that. I actually knew.
2: Th- yeah, I actually knew that a while ago. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah I know. there's a specific name for it, and I don't remember small. what it is. It's, it's probably it's small. small percentage. It's small. Yeah, but I've had people, you know, come in for hypnosis who say, "I'm going to warn you right now. I can't visualize." And I go, "Okay." So I might say, "Visualize, imagine, picture, or pretend," blah blah blah. Um, mm-hmm. Or we'll do a guided visualization where, again, you still understand it. You know, if I say you're walking by a, a beautiful mountain stream and you feel the cold air on your skin, you can get what that is without having to see an image of that in your mind. So, you know, there's so many different ways to tap into that unconscious and that subconscious. Uh, and I guess a powerful thing. It's uh, very underutilized.
1: Well, it's, it's pretty interesting, you know. That it is. I mean, mm-hmm. the, br- the brain's very complex, and it almost sounds to
2: me like there's a portion of their brain that's just doesn't work yeah I don't remember I when I I did I actually did a a workshop on visualization for a hypnosis conference and I did all the research on the statistics on that and what if the person can't visualize it's been a couple of years so I don't remember Um, yeah it's not a huge part it's not so much that their brain doesn't work it's just you know just like some people have a better sense of smell than others Um, if when I visualize it is so detailed and so in color and so creative and you know how my brain works. I'm, you know, an actor, performer, storyteller, writer, so it's like my brain just loves doing that sort of thing. And other uh-huh. people just has a different skill.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So what else would you like to tell us about today?
2: Yeah, well, let's, uh, that's a great question. Um, okay, so we talked about meditation, talked a little bit about the breath work. Um, well, let's, I mean, let's talk about crafting affirmations, because I think that's another one of those really easy ways to start to shift your thinking, and we sort of touched on that at the beginning of the show. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. So we have about 60,000 thoughts a day, and 50,000 of those are negative. Ah. Oh, no. That's, I know. It's bad. I don't want to be the person who had to count those, but that's, that's what everybody estimates is we have, 50,000 negative thoughts. And with every negative thought, we have a negative response in our body, whether it's physiological or thought-based or you know, whatever it is. It sparks more negative thoughts, as I already said. Um, it's hard to stop thinking things. <laughs> you know, it's the whole, don't think of an elephant. Okay, well now we're all mm-hmm. thinking of an elephant. Rather than trying to stop thinking of an elephant, replace that, let's think of a, a goat. You, know, you can replace that picture. Mm-hmm. And that's what affirmations do. And the key to affirmations is to keep them short, make them positive, and put them in the present moment. And then repeat them often. So I, I think I used the money example before of I am prosperous and abundant. Short, positive mm-hmm. in the present moment. I have plenty of money. Uh, money flows easily to me. I am surrounded by supportive friends. I have a healthy and loving relationship. I am. My body is strong and supple. You know, say it as if it's like that already. Um, short is great. Uh, I remember working with a client with affirmations and his thing was money Uh, he just didn't have enough and he was very negative about it and very stuck and so we started working with affirmations and I said you know short positive in the present moment and he's writing and he's writing and he's writing and he's writing (laughs) and I finally said okay that's a lot of writing what did you come up with and he came up with he came up with someday I'll not be broke I went "Ah, you failed on every level of that that is not anything what I said Uh, (laughs) someday I'll not be broke it's like oh no so this, we had a problem. Um, and we worked with it, and you know, we, we got some stuff resolved. But you know, so much of that is just how we were raised. Again, my grandmother was very negative. My mother was negative, very fear-based. Luckily, I followed my dad's train, which was more fun-loving and risk-taking and more positive. So I was able to at least mm-hmm. train myself to go that direction. Um, so shifting your thinking with affirmations is amazing. And you know, if you really want to get the most out of them, write them out write them in cursive longhand, you know, that loopy writing they don't teach us anymore. Um, And there's there's a direct connection between, excuse me, between the subconscious and cursive handwriting. I don't think anyone knows why. For some reason, it activates a different part of the brain. But there's a huge connection there, so that stuff goes directly to the subconscious. If you do this, and this is the coolest thing, if you do your affirmations, write them out, in that half-hour time before you go to bed... That is the most powerful time because everything that happens in that last half hour before you go to sleep is starting to drop into your subconscious. This is why that last half hour should be such a sacred time. Turn off the TV. Don't watch the news. Don't watch a scary movie. Don't read an exciting book. Don't argue with your partner. This is the time to start to turn off the day and transition into sleep. This is when your brain starts to decide what to prune out from the day, what to have you forget what to have you ruminate on later, what to have you dream about, what to put as a memory, what to just let go. Um, So in that last half hour, if you write out your affirmations in cursive, you're gonna see them changing so much quicker. So when people say, oh, that's just stupid, and how does that work? It doesn't make any sense. I'll tell you how. I'm gonna talk about your brain. So our brain moves towards things that are familiar to us. I'll say that again, it's a weird sentence. Our brain moves towards things which it is familiar with. This is why we like to sit in the same booth and have the same chicken pot pie every Tuesday night <laughs> all week long. Uh-huh. You know, our brain is comfortable with those things. This is why we unfortunately stay in abusive or unhappy relationships or we stay in jobs we don't like. Our brain would rather stay stuck in something that's negative than risk going out. Uh, what does somebody say? It it's, uh, wants to keep the hell it's familiar with rather than risking a different hell that it doesn't know about so that's what our brain does yeah so if we start to tell our brain i am prosperous and abundant i am surrounded by supportive friends i'm in a healthy and loving relationship that becomes a known for your brain your brain will start seeking that out that is how affirmations work for physical affirmations like i am healthy and well my immune system is strong that actually tells the brain that it's healthy and well and strong and that reacts to that. That responds to that. There's actually a lot of really good studies about affirmations and visualization, and boosting immune, uh, boosting your immune system, uh, shrinking tumors and growths, wound healing, uh, cortisol drops, uh, which is stress reduction, you know, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of great research coming out for affirmations and this kind of positive thinking. Oh, that's neat. I like that. It's so powerful. It's and how simple. You know, there's no side effect. <laughs> It doesn't cost you anything okay. You don't need a prescription. You know, just to start writing it, you know, figure out what you want. That's the most important thing. And then start affirming that and really do mm-hmm. it as if you have it already. You know, I've been using affirmations for years and I swear that so much of what I've achieved in my life comes from shifting mindset, being really specific and knowing what I want and then working with the affirmations and the visualization to make sure that I'm gonna get it. Um, you know, this is such a prosperous universe. We all deserve that abundance. We all deserve to be happy and love and just unlimited, unlimited joy. Uh, And I think we're so often afraid to ask for that. We don't think we deserve it. Oh, it's not for me. That's for somebody else. No, there's plenty of it for everybody. It's just a matter of asking for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so affirmations. One one of my favorite, one of my favorite tools. One of my favorite tools. Do you have any affirmations that you you do or, or is that something you've worked with before?
1: Um, you know, I, I did in the past, but I've, it's kind of gotten away from me, to be honest.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Good reminder. Might be time to start. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think I, think, well, I, it, I, think yeah, I will. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it, that's awesome. I hope you do. I hope everybody does. It's, it's such a simple thing, yeah. you know, and, and if, yeah. if nothing else, let's say you're affirming something and you don't actually get that thing. At the very least, it stops the negative thinking, starts to reprogram your brain, and it decreases stress. Those are three huge mm-hmm. benefits right there. You know, at the very mm-hmm. least. At the most, it's going to get you that thing that you asked for, which is that's phenomenal. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Very much yeah. so. Very much so. Yeah. How how are we doing on time? Okay, we okay, good time. Good, good, good. <laughs> well, and I was going I was it's like, I can go on for hours. We got like ten I'm minutes. Sure i like, like cutting into the next We got like 10 um, minutes left. Oh, perfect. Um, so let, let's talk about what people want because okay. this is this goes along with stress and this goes along with the specificity and the, kind of looping the affirmations back in. You don't get into an Uber and say, "Take me somewhere." You have a very specific destination in mind. Now, how the car gets you there is a whole other thing. So so often I have clients come into my office and I say, you know, well, you know, what do you want? I just want to be happy. Okay, right, what does that mean? Because <laughs> happy to you means something really different than happy. To me. Or they say, I don't want to. I don't want to feel stressed. I don't want to feel sad. I don't want. Okay, you can tell me what you didn't want. You don't get into an Uber and say, don't take me to the airport. Don't take me to the grocery store. Don't take I mean <laughs> It's going, to be a, the clock is ticking. it's going to be a long ride if you go through everything you don't want. So figure out what you do want. And the more specific, the better. I remember when I, was, when I was acting in Hollywood, I thought, you know, I need to get my career jump started here. This is not working. So I started doing affirmations of I am a working actor. And I went, wait a minute. No, I am a working actor. Nope, scratch that. I am a paid working actor. That was the affirmation I started doing. And I did it for a couple of days, and I got a call, and I got cast in this children's theater production. We were going to tour California. We had a van. We had all these props and sets, and we were going to go to different schools and entertain kids. Sounded amazing. And it paid. I was so excited. I am now a paid working actor. It paid like four bucks an hour. (laughs) And I went, crap. (laughs) And the universe went, what? I gave you what you wanted. (sighs) Specificity loves numbers, loves, you know. how much do you want to make? What do you want in your bank account? How many clients do you want a day? I remember sitting down when I started my massage practice and specifically drawing out what my ideal practice looked like. I want five clients a day. I want an office on State Street. I want this. I want that. These are the people I'm looking for. And I set out very specifically, basically a roadmap of what I wanted. And within a couple of months, I had that literally verbatim, quicker than I thought I would, the exact practice that I created that day on that map. It was, un- it was amazing. And, you know, knowing what you want and being specific with it is a, is a gigantic leap for helping you get what you want and decreasing that stress. If you don't know yeah. what you want, you know, you can ask yourself, I love the five whys. I don't know if you've heard of the five whys. So the most famous five whys is the Jefferson Memorial. So they found that the Jefferson Memorial in Washington, D.C. was degrading faster than any of the other monuments. And so they brought in this engineering company to redo the marble, to redo the concrete, and before they started, the head engineer went, well, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. Why is this monument exposed to the exact same elements? Why is this monument degrading quicker? So they started doing some research, and it turns out that they were power washing this monument more than any other monument. And he went... Huh. Well, that's weird. Well, why are they power washing this one more? Well, there was all this bird poop on it. And he went, oh, weird. Okay, there's birds. Alright. So they put up a bunch of bird netting, figuring that was going to solve the problem. Well, the birds got through the netting and it looked horrible. Can you imagine the memorial draped in bird netting? So they took the netting down. It continued to be a problem. They said to the engineer, look, just fix it. He said, well, wait, this doesn't make any sense. Why are all these birds here? So he starts to do a little bit of research. Turns out, there are really yummy spiders. Huh. Well, why are there all those spiders there? Well, it turns out there's these really cool bugs. Okay, why are all the bugs there? They left the lights on overnight. It was the only memorial in Washington, D.C. where they didn't, for some portion of the evening, turn the lights off. The lights attracted Uh-oh. the bugs, attracted the spiders, attracted the birds, which made them poop, which caused the power washing, which made them have to wash the building more often. So they turned out the lights. Solved the problem. <laughs> interesting how, how often do we think we want to I just want to be happy well what does that mean to you why why do you want to be happy or um, I, I was working with a client I had done a talk on my stress reduction stuff and a woman came up to me afterwards at a psychology conference and she said what if someone is affirming something that can never happen and I went "Ooh, interesting give me an example she said I have a patient who does affirmations of I'm going to win the lottery and I went oh let me guess he's never bought a ticket She said, he's never bought a ticket, and he's incarcerated, so he can't win a lottery. And I went, ooh. I said, okay, well, why does he want to win a lottery? She said, well, obviously he wants a lot of money. I said, okay, why does he want a lot of money? She said, well, he was incarcerated at a young age and wants to start a foundation for young black men uh, to help them not follow the same path he did and not end up incarcerated. And I went, oh, well, we solved the problem. He doesn't want to win a lottery. She goes, no, he does. And I said, no, he wants to help people.
1: Mm-hmm. And he feels mm-hmm.
2: like the only way he can do that is to win a lottery, to start a foundation, to help these kids. What else can he do? Can he do a podcast? Can he write a blog? Can he do a correspondence program? Can he? Now, it's harder because he was incarcerated. He didn't have as many options. Sure. But it had nothing to do with him wanting to win the lottery. It had... Everything to do with him helping people and him thinking winning the lottery was the only way to do it. And so often we get stuck in that. You know, we think we want this thing, and when we distill it down, we actually want something completely different, which shifts our focus to to give us us ideas of how we can actually get that thing that we want. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an excellent story. (laughs) That really is. Yeah, and I hope he found a way to do it. You know, she was going to kind of take that back to him and say, well, you know, what can you do? We're so good at knowing what we can't do. I can't do that. Okay, well, what can you do? That's the coaching question all the time. I can't, you know, I can't go out because of COVID anymore. Okay, well, what can you do? You know, look at those possibilities rather than those limitations. And that growth mindset, that shift in your thinking is going to change everything. It's going to start to decrease that stress for you. And then, you know, I gave some other tips too with the affirmations and the the asking the whys and the meditation, which is my favorite thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's your very favorite thing. My very favorite thing. <laughs> very. Well, it's been great having you on today.
2: Oh, It really nice has. I, I, yeah, I think this is probably, what, our third third or fourth time together. It's so crazy. I know. I know. It's
1: just been amazing, really. Yeah. You've got some really great tips for everybody.
2: Mm, thanks. I can't
1: think of any, any better ones, really. <laughs> um, oh, good. And... Uh,
2: so when will your uh, book be out? So the communication book is out. It came out in, oh, I think, February or March of this year. Oh, so that's, out. Okay. That's, that's Yeah, it's out. Yeah, I wrote it. I finished it during COVID and got it out. And um, Yeah, so Say What is available on my site. All of them are available on my site, which is kathygruber.com. Oh, yeah, well, tell everybody
1: what, what your site is.
2: Yeah, yeah. So kathygruber.com is my speaking site. All of my books are there. You can see links to some of my videos, like my TEDx talk. Things like that, and then if you're interested in some coaching, I do group coaching and personal coaching. The ego state work, which is just so powerful and and helpful, it's KathyGruber.coach, and I'm all over social media. It's either Kathy Gruber, Dr. Kathy Gruber, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, which I post fun cat pictures on more than anything, um YouTube, Dr. Kathy Gruber, and then our podcast, Fire and Earth Podcast, is really fun as well. So yeah, I'm all over the place. You're I love everywhere. answering questions. I am everywhere. Oh, and hey, I was on Dr. Phil last year. It was another really cool thing.: Oh, yeah, that's right. I was a guest on that Dr. Had to be Phil, fun. So- what was your subject?
1: What was your subject uh, on his show?
2: Yeah, so there was a crazy man in the south somewhere, and I don't remember where. He was in two different states, and he was abusing women during the massages. He was doing very creepy and inappropriate things, and um, they wanted to kind of expose, no pun intended, expose this guy and um, get it out there in hopes that the cops would kind of step up and do something about it, and so I was the massage guest. The massage therapy expert. So you know, Doctor Phil is fun and amazing, but didn't know anything about massage. So they brought me on to really address the the ethics, the scope of practice, what this guy was doing—that was very wrong and very inappropriate and very illegal. And um, so it was great. Yeah, I had a whole segment on the show. It was really, really fun. Uh, An amazing experience. So yeah, that was pretty fun. You can find that online too. Yeah, it was was a huge honor. Huge honor to be able to do that. I'll
1: go look that up. That would be fun to see.
2: Yeah, ask the Google. Well,
1: <laughs> I wish you the absolute best, and oh, you, um, I, you know, I'll I'll keep in touch with you and have you back another year or so, and see yep, what what your what your latest gig is.
2: Ooh, <laughs> man! I hope it's a good one, because <laughs> I don't know. I'm running out of business. I'm running out of room on my business card for more initials. I'm going to have to get them like piece them together like a little puzzle <laughs> thing. <laughs> I (laughs) said you over I turn over and you scrolled over to the back. (laughs) As long as I can keep helping people. You've been great. Thank you, honey. I appreciate you. Thank Thank you so much for having me. Congrats on your show being on for so long. Okay. Take care. You too. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Well, that wraps up our show for today. Please join us again next Wednesday. We'll have another great show for you. Until then, please be well. Bye-bye.
0: We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? That's chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. t and Void where prohibited by law. See terms and
1: conditions 18+. plus.